All right, welcome to Global Digest. Uh, I haven't been back. I haven't been in this seat for a couple of months. Uh, Davis was away for a little bit. Uh, last week, I, I did get a chance to listen to you guys, uh, Irene, Davis, and Laban. Welcome back to Global Digest. Welcome back to you too. Yeah, it's great. It's great to be here. Um, it's, I'm, I'm only here because of fuel, by the way. I, I want to moan. No, um, truthfully, I'm here um, because uh, it's important. Um, the discussion you guys had last week, I did manage to listen into the show, was obviously about the report card uh, that came out for our president of the scorecard after one full year in power. Uh, I think 10th of September was a year, right? Or 19th? 13th, okay. Um, we're going to continue that discussion today, uh, but I think we have to discuss it on the with the backdrop, if you will, of this issue of fuel. Um, I was telling you guys, which caused a bit of a laugh in the studio, that I went to fuel my car, and I, I usually, I won't say the amount, but I have, I have quite a, a four-wheel drive. And the amount I normally put in is like enough to fill over so that it doesn't start to go below full for like four or five days. Yeah. Three quarters of a tank. So it is ridiculously out of control. Uh, I don't know where I begin or who I begin <laughs> with, but I think I'll begin with uh, Irene. Uh, okay, I'll begin with Laban. She's, <laughs> she's giving me a look. Uh, Laban, um, you know, th- this is this is obviously a, a, a critical uh, issue going into elections, a critical issue from last year. Yeah. Uh, we know, we knew that this president, this current president, was not going to was not going to entertain the subsidies that we enjoyed under our former president. Yeah. Um, but there were promises that within six months, all of this would stabilize. That hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. No, unfortunately, it doesn't. It hasn't happened. And if you actually look at the outrage that is coming out from from the members of the public, it's because it's the one job that the president said, I'm good at, that I'm going to address the economy, I'm going to address the cost of fuel. In fact, if you listened to his campaign, prom- his campaign um, rhetoric, he constantly um, alluded to there were underhand uh, characters who were manipulating um, the cost of uh, the cost of fuel, and he said, "When I come in, rest assured, the cost of fuel will have to drop." Now, unfortunately, that has been going up, 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 and even um, in the in the in, in the first first days of his administration, there's a deal that he signed with the Arabian countries, whereby um, he said it was supposed to help with the stabilization of the dollar. Yeah, whereby it we would we would be paying for fuel that we have imported from from the UAE and such countries, and we'd be paying in six months. Now, unfortunately, that whole arithmetics that they had in in plan has not worked in his favor. What hasn't worked about it? Is it that they're not giving us a six month credit system in the UAE, or is it just that we just can't afford that fuel? It it seems more like they didn't uh, factor in the exchange rate. And everything, everything that is globally, um, globally playing out, right? And at uh, as you look at it, you're you're just wondering how could you miss that one thing? It's the one thing that everyone kept on pointing out that mm. if you have not addressed this one issue on the table, it it uh, if you if you actually go back when OPEC countries, um, OP- OPEC member states released a statement saying they will be they'll be regulating the um, how they will be selling oil or how they'll be releasing oil you knew at that point there was going to be a problem we we talk about this problem and we're going to talk about other problems that have caused this scorecard to be quite low uh, for the president uh, but I'll move to Irene here um, and, and I think the question I would ask is you can make a lot of promises I mean globally in, in all over the world when people are campaigning the promises are made right mm-hmm. um, 
and and but but there are certain promises that we have to hold governments accountable for. You know, you you look at even Donald Trump. You now you look back at Donald Trump under mm-hmm. Joe Biden. People are saying, but actually, our economy was in pretty good shape when Donald Trump was was the U.S. economy was in pretty good shape when Donald Trump Trump was president. These are promises made that were delivered. Of course, they're always going to be overpromising. Are there certain things that Kenyans feel that? Okay, we know that campaigning is campaigning, but please, there are certain things you promised us that, that because people are people are starving, people can't get to work, people can't afford transport. People, so are there certain promises that you would say are the bare minimum for a new government? I think one of the most terrifying things that you can um, hear um, is when somebody says that I'm from the government and I'm here to help. When President uh, William Bruto was campaigning, he used to say that. Um, he has an agenda that will alleviate the situation that you're facing as a nation. He got in and tried to undo what President, uh, the former President Huru Kenyatta had done in terms of the subsidies. And at the time, he will mention that he's trying to create an economic stability and at the same time um, reduce um, the debt burden that we're having as a country. Mm. But now that things are spiraling out of control, we are hearing them say that this is not a Kenyan issue, it's a global issue. It therefore begs the question in terms of what is the end game plan by President William Bruto's administration or are they in the dark in this whole situation given that they are not consistent in terms of the delivery promises that they have kept, especially on this issue of fuel increase. So given that the sentiments that they've been making from the campaign period until now, especially on this fuel issue because once we're having an increase in fuel uh, um, um, prices, then it means it is an escalation of commodities, which leads to high cost of living, which was one of the primary promises that they said that they will look into. So it's therefore unfortunate that now it turns to be a bed of lies, mm. especially if you listen to what um, his cabinet secretary is saying in terms of the arrogance, even the economic advisors, if the arrogance that they have been sp- uh, speaking on is anything to go by, then it means that we are in the dark in this whole situation and there's no way out. Okay, I'm, I'm going to move over to you, Davis, and then we're going to come back to, to Laban and Irene. But I s- distinctly remember a couple of things. One, it's th- the words, it's going to get harder before it gets better. It's going to get tougher before it gets softer, right? We, we've, we heard that. Because the subsidies were cushioning us, on n- yeah. and not just on fuel, but for a number of different sort of uh, items. Secondly, there is a global economic recession happening anyway. So I'm, I'm going to play the devil's advocate here because um, I just want to get cl- clarity. But I do also remember the president saying it will all be solved within six months. Am mm-hmm. I right? Am, I'm right about that, right? Mm-hmm. So we knew it was going to get harder. But did we think it was going to get this hard? You know, three quarter of the voters who voted for President William Ruto in last year's Kenya's polls, they will tell you that they voted for President William Ruto because of that promise of reducing the cost of fuel because this is one of the salient issues that dominated the campaigns and President William Ruto and his lieutenants and now the Deputy President Regati Gashangwa, they were very vocal about that once we get into power, we will reduce the cost of fuel. And they were very sarcastic and they were very dismissive of the previous regime, that is of the retired President Uhuru Kenyatta who at the time had introduced subsidies which really played a very big part in uh, controlling the way of life and controlling the, the prices of best commodity so really this is one of the biggest issues that this regime will not be forgiven for because 
Kenyan Sir Hatting, and even when you listen to the, his supporters, even his supporters from Eldred and the larger Wasingishu and Eldred towns, Kenyans there are saying we didn't expect that our very own son, native son, will subject us to this uh, torture mm. because really it is one of the very big issue that they were very big on and uh, they cannot be forgiven now at this particular point because they need to deliver on that promise. So as it stands now, it's a broken promise. And if Laban can play uh, some of the clip, where, a clip where we can hear the president and his lieutenants being very bullish about the prices of war. Wacheni kiburi, wacheni madharau, wacheni matusi, endeni mupange mambo ya serikali, bei ya mafuta imepanda, wananchi wanataka iteremuke. Hii bei ya mafuta wameongeza mpaka mafuta taa. Walete bill next week waangushe bei ya mafuta. Hiyo sisi wabunge hamsini wenye tuko mlengo wa naibu wa rais tutaunga mkono kuhakikisha bei ya mafuta taa ya petroli imeshuka mwananchi wa kawaida asiumie. Au sio? We can no longer accept and we can no longer entertain the thought of increasing the prices of fuel products in the country of Kenya. We are giving them an ultimatum within one day. Leo hii kiisha, lazima wa time kutano wa dhalura na waodoe hiyo maneno ya kuogeza kodi katika mafuta. So that is the president, William Ruto, and then we have the National Assembly Majority Leader, Kimani Shungwa, and Dindi Nyoro, who's the House Chair of uh, the, the, budget, the committee. budget Committee. So really, when you, when, when you, on hindsight, when you look at the prices which were released by the Energy, Petroleum and Regulatory Authority, when we look at kerosene, kerosene is a commodity which is being used by poor households, and this regime promised to uplift the lives of hustlers. Mm. It is these same hustlers mm. who get to use this kerosene. But as things stands currently here in Nairobi, kerosene a liter goes for two hundred and one shillings. Right, and and can we just comparatively to what was the price say a year and a half ago? Less thirty three shillings, or even it's even yeah. less than oh, that. It less would have 50? been around like six one sixty one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so well, you're looking at a forty shilling uh, increase, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that is not the only thing that's that's gone up in price. Now, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of those uh, the, the clips we just heard of a president and the National Assembly speaker uh, speaking were between two subsidies. If I'm not mistaken, between when when we we had it under the former regime when they lifted a subsidy and all of a sudden fuel went up, but you know within a few days it came down again it was between those two subsidies right mm -hmm. we can still understand why subsidies are not a great idea for a country that is already heavily in debt mm -hmm. but we were promised that we were not going to be the ones to feel the pinch i think that's where the problem is uh, I, I hate to sound like one of this um one of these people from from the government but i don't believe there's anyone who promised anyone that you would not feel the pain i think the the phrase the devil is in the details usually comes is more applicable here in that there were promises that were made and people signed on without reading the details of the of how will it be done um when you're told about we are going to build houses when you're going we're going to do massive infrastructure projects but you're not going to borrow from from outside countries surely you should know that the government will be coming to you as a taxpayer to fund those projects but if you ask me, the thing that probably voters now need to know or Kenyans need to know is next time someone tells you I'm going to do this, ask him, how are you going to fund it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know the irony of this is that 
six months into power, uh, President William Ruto brought the finance um, bill 2023, which is now an act 2023, and then we had the VAT on petroleum products at 8%. If indeed he aimed to um, cushion Kenyans or to deliver on his promise in terms of ensuring the stability in terms of fuel prices, he could not have mobilized the members of parliament to vote for the proposal to change it from 8% to 16%. So I think the, the number of lies and lack of genuinity by President William Bruto's administration is really quite annoying. In a, in a nutshell, what, what Laban and Irene are trying to say is that what President William Ruto promised Kenyans is basically a long con. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's the question I'm 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 coming to when you guys uh, you you guys are out in the streets quite often speaking to to the to the regular Kenyan, uh, which we are not here in our 19th floor studio. Um, what is the genuine or general um, feeling, Irene? I'll, I'll come to you. What is the general feeling out there uh, about the person that that voted for this government? Uh, based on the promises that were made? It is a disappointment to the extent that even the uh, lieutenants of um, uh, President William Bruto while standing in public forums, uh, I can give a, an example of Kakamega's um, Senator Boni Halwale, cannot even address a public rally because people are booing. Mm. They're telling them, no, we have had enough. What are you guys doing? Things are getting out of control. And there's nothing you're doing in terms of giving a hope message that things will, you know, will get better with time. That we are having um, key members in um, the cabinet of uh, President William Bruto telling people to drill their oil boreholes is quite a mockery in terms of what Kenyans are facing. It's quite <laughs> unfortunate. I mean, I, I mean, I think we all know who we're talking about, so we can just say it. Um, but you know, I mean, it is. It, it's almost. It, it's. 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 Com- it's very unfair that that it has become almost a joke to them, and it's very real to us. Um, you know, that broken promises, uh, things of that nature. Are they? St- is is there still the propensity to use mandamano as a reason why the government still hasn't had a chance to get going? Before Before we get to what maybe the opposition can do to better or give some sort of remedies to the situation i think there is public anger and frustration that is that is very evident there's no doubt about it Uh, irene spoke about some government officials making a mockery of this whole situation there's we have trade cabinet secretary moses kuria we have uh, president the president's advisor economic advisor david d we have uh, so really these are leaders we also have the energy cabinet secretary david Chirchir, who recently told members of parliament that the government's hands have been tied they are powerless they have no ability to control the situation of the full prices so really when you hear such leaders speak of such making such sentiments they are amplifying the reality that kenyans were conned that so we got to power we, we yes please friend. no god sorry Continue. we got into power because we lied to you we lied will bring this the, is this is the danger now yes so what is what what message is it sending when we open the papers and we see uh big ted and our president uh, at Apple and SpaceX and all these places. What message is that sending? Because there's some seriously big problems here at home. Is it a government that is out of touch of the people? Is it? Is it? Are we? Are we under a government that is not really aware or, or cognizant of the real problems that are facing Kenyans? Because the president is at the United States telling telling filmmakers they need to come here and do filming and set up a Grammy Awards headquarters in Kenya. Yet really, people. 
not very many Kenyans really know what Grammy Awards are all about. Kenyans are they concerned. know what kerosene is though. They know yeah. what kerosene <laughs> is all about. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that that is. But this was supposed to be the most in touch government Absolutely. of the five, or at least the four. I would say, right? Th- I mean, that was that was the message they gave, right? That we are here for, th- we're speaking so, on behalf of the people, exactly. and referring to our previous uh, president as elitist, right? Yeah. Um, um, from so. from what do you call it? The narrative that was set, from how they came up with the plan, which is their manifesto, doing all those empowerment ra- empo- empowerment um, forums. If there was a campaign that you could have said really captured what Kenyans want. It was the the UDA campaign because they they basically gave you the impression that we are not too busy for you. We can sit down with you. We can take the whole day just listening to Mamamboga, the wheelbarrow pusher, the 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 barber, whoever we want to listen to you. Now, when they get into power, the story changed. They all of a sudden don't have time for you. They give you excuses. It it is it almost sounds like um what um Masita Rose, the lady from uh, from Eldoret, said about one of the county leaders who she said he, he constantly used beautiful language and smiled a lot, but never gave them what they wanted. And in this case, I think there is a section of Kenyans who just I are beginning to get a bit frustrated mm. with the fact that they are not getting what they bargained for. And in this case, um, if you look at President Ruto, he came to 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 power with one with one quote that he kept mentioning everywhere that siasa ya unafik lazima ishe. I don't know unafik. Uh, Irene, yeah, you read? Yeah, it's it's being a conman. Yes, mm. it must be like we have to be people who your word is your bond. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which 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 has not happened, right? But but again, you know, you know, you can still go on to say that it's only a year and there's still plenty of time to turn the ship around, right? Or are we going to be sitting here <laughs> I mean, I'm going to ask you this question then. Uh are we going to be sitting here in in another year from now having the same conversation truthfully? Uh, I'm only saying that because we are, you know, I mean, you, of course, a year is a great time to take stock of what has been accomplished, yeah. what has been delivered. What we're saying is and I think if I, I think the three of you, and and I think what most Kenyans are saying is, not only have we not got the key promises, we haven't got a promise delivered. Yeah. So, but there is time to turn it around. There is time to turn it around for um, four years is a long time, but for politicians, um, they are quite unpredictable. You can't um, time frame them in terms of um, the years remaining for them to end their term. But given that President William Ruto has previously said that he is walking um, in the footsteps of um, the late President Moai Kibake, and what we are having as a country right now is not what was there, even if during uh, Kibake's regime we had um, a couple of punitive taxes. But the problem here is that um, the cabinet, the face of the cabinet of President William Ruto's administration, seems not to be in touch or understand what is going on in their in their respective dockets and that's why even their mode of communication in terms of what are we doing as a country yes these issues this issue surrounding um fuel crisis is a global issue but why are we not hearing the same hue and cry in tanzania or in uganda what is so unique with kenya that things are now spiraling out of control 
his um, cabinet has failed him in terms of delivering message to the electorate to the extent now all the pointing hands are being directed to President William Ruto um, on this particular situation. I think for him in this um, second year that is now starting, he should now do um, a retrospection to see whether he needs to change some of his you know, key um, lieutenants in, in respective dockets, given that they've also failed to communicate to the electorate and also failed to understand um, issues surrounding their dockets, including even the, advice, the advisors, um, David D being top on the list because he, he cannot be issuing a mockery statement, yet he's the person who's supposed to advise the president in mm-hmm. such situations. Yeah. Sorry for it. Yeah, sorry. You, you mentioned uh, stuff that the president has delivered on. Um, if you look at what um, our, our opinion polls had been released last week, um, Antifa came out with one where it shows campaign promises that Kenyans felt that uh, the president had delivered. And one of them... Um, let me just do the top three. Forty-four uh, percent mentioned the subsidy for agriculture. Twenty-six um, percent mentioned assist the small businesses. That is through the Hustler Fund, and only eight percent said that he has managed to reduce the cost of living. Okay. Yes. So, so the, uh, uh, what was the what was the overall mean grade? It was a D or C. For InfoTrack, it was a D. Okay. For, for, for Tifa... For InfoTrack, it was a C. They gave the D to the deputy president regarding Oshabu. Oh, sorry, yeah. 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 Sorry. Uh, Azmir uh, gave him a D minus. A D as well. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah. And Tifa gave him a 30... Uh, gave him 38%, which was an... Uh, an um, a, a, a slight a, a, improvement. A slight improvement yeah. from the 31% he scored in July. Okay. For those but, wondering what Tifa is, just before that, it's an African-based full market research company offering market social and uh, sports research they also work with clients to enable them to transform the research data to insights and then into action but the unfortunate thing for it is in in kenya's history when prices of oil go up they've never they've never come down so not unless i stand to be corrected and guided here but even as now it is at 211 (coughs) that figure is not going to drop anytime soon so that is the unfortunate bit for this regime on the other there are some other things the government has really tried to do well, and that is on the issue of the Hustler Fund and some small issues here, like Laban mentioned, of, of empowering the MS, MSMEs and other things. But let us not forget that it is, it is fuel that trans an economy in the country. Well, fuel and food. Fuel and food. And food is another issue which we're going to get into now. Um, we had an interesting discussion this morning uh, with a professor from USIU who we discussed about the f- food crisis being the unavailability and the cost uh, and I my argument was during the climate summit here no one mentioned the war <laughs> we had a number of guests coming in the studio no one wanted to talk about the war in Ukraine but that really was the genesis of where our food crisis happened having said that the cost of living which includes food has also skyrocketed meaning that even for people to cook food and to buy kerosene once you buy the kerosene what are you cooking People can't afford the food either. This is another big problem. Yeah. Um, I, to to give you a, a practicable example, um, this morning, um, one of our colleagues, she usually likes buying bread for us in the morning, the early morning shift. And she went like, do you know the bread that I usually buy for 120 now costs 140 And uh, we were like, what? And like, yeah, so now it kind of hit home. So I think... You, Davis mentioned that 
the when there's there's never been a, a time whereby the cost of fuel has gone down well sometimes there have been but it took government intervention to bring to basically bring it down by way of subsidy yeah. by way of price yeah. control or some some something like that and even now in parliament there are members of parliament who are st- who are talking about bringing in um, a price control mechanism for the price of unga the price of basic commodities so is that achievable really in an, in, a, they, in, a, in a liberal market wait, wait, wait before you continue weren't they going <coughs> to uniformly price unga at one point and you guys went out in the streets and found it had not happened they failed terribly right yeah, but was wasn't it going to be like 130 or whatever it was it was going to every every doesn't matter where you bought it you could buy it in a, a kiosk in Kawangwari or Carrefour it was going to cost the same that was the plan yeah that, that's what i said in a liberal economy unfortunately it is very difficult to do that but if you remember during uh, president uhuru kenyatta's um, term in office i think it was during the first term when sonko was governor he actually had the city inspectorate go around and check which which outlets have not enforced what the president had said mm. and in nairobi i don't know about other counties but in nairobi the worst thing you'd want is for city inspectorate to come into your into your business premises and find you on the wrong cause you just know you'll be in trouble and going to city hall in those courts is not one thing you I want mean, to do this is also kenya there's definitely a way out of going <laughs> to city hall we know that but it'll probably cost an arm and a leg especially right now um i think i think the biggest headache once the president jets into the country is is addressing a rest a restless restive uh, uh, a restless nation on on these matters of fuel and on the matters of the cost of living because really people are tired people are angry people want to see change people want to see the prices of basic commodities brought down but uh, there is no government official who's really coming out to issue clear explanation or substantive one for that for for that matter to reassure Kenyans that really the prices of oil will, will come down so it will be a big it will be a big headache for the president once he jets into the country but i think like also i didn't mention there needs to be a clear path of communication from the government officials and now that uh, calls for a reshuffle of the cabinet secretaries we need to get out uh, we need to see Moses Kuria uh, the likes of Moses Kuria the likes of Zakaria Njero my favorite cabinet secretary we need to see them out of cabinet <laughs> I really do don't you, think do you think there will be a reshuffle I, I it has to think, be I don't need to think I don't think a reshuffle is going to help that much right that is true in part in the sense that the the problem is not who is playing for your team who mm. who you fielded the problem is more in the game plan exactly yeah the coach knows wh- how he wants you to play but unfortunately the coach speaks too much you know sometimes laban kenyans kenyans want to want to have hope yeah and hoping itself and hoping itself can be but who doesn't be, put doesn't put un, doesn't true. put food on your table that is fine but kenyans need to be reassured because when you have a cabinet secretary the likes of energy cabinet secretary davis Churchill, mm-hmm. telling us kenyans that our hands are tied yeah. we cannot do anything about the fuel prices then that's a very big I, problem I, I, because I, I, what you are doing you're not inspiring hope but you're look not, you're telling this is a global own. issue it is a global issue yes you can, if he is telling you 
my hands are tied at this moment we have tried our level best we are we have gone back to the drawing board give us time to try I, and I, fix I, it. I have to agree with Davis and Irene if you can't if you can't run your docket properly you shouldn't have the job and I'm saying that in the sense of find a solution you are working for 45 or 50 million people find a solution Yeah. You have to find a solution. And, and even if it means bringing said, another subsidy, find a solution. And even now, if it's a crisis, now the boss, the boss said no subsidy. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. So now I, ha- he's gone back. He went to the UAE, got a deal that will basically um, help in in bringing in fuel. Now, if you look at Moses Kuria's tweet um, recently, he said the next uh, the next consignment of fuel is expected to come in in August. Right, um, in August, then October. By then, um, the f- the fuel prices should have stabilized. But if you look at what is happening internationally, especially on 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 the Ukraine Russia issue, you you still have you'll still say that maybe you need to think a bit more broadly. But they should be the ones thinking broadly. We agree on that. Laban, a refresher course here will suffice. I think it will be best because this is the same president. then deputy president during the campaigns mm-hmm. Farid has talked about the Russia Ukraine war he was very bullish about it in yeah. fact he told his boss then the former president Uhuru Kenyatta that stop telling Kenyans stop lying to Kenyans that the Russia Ukraine war is affecting, is affecting us yeah. that should not be an excuse the english now is in power the english are saying it is only a fool who doesn't change his mind that is fine yes this this president has <laughs> we, has we, shown we, we, we that he ca- is willing to change his mind he is willing to listen to the people to listen to new ideas we, now we only like you said when he comes back into the country the one thing that Kenyans are expecting him to do is to to basically give us an ex- give us the way forward a solution we yes. need a solution a- as and, a country and we, we don't care about the fools or the geniuses in this particular situation until a situation is found mm-hmm. yes this is a global issue it is an issue that we might solve in the next one year but there's something called communication crisis to tell the country that by the way this is what is happening these are the strategies and we expect this to happen in six months time that is not what is happening with president william ruto's administration and i'm afraid that once he gets back into the country he will be bullish about it mm. he will say I am in control. That's 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 the word he uses. I am in control. This is the Kenya Kwanza government. Give us time. You know those people who who left government, uh, the former president, they stole resources. We have no money in our accounts. We are trying to stabilize. He better not be bullish about this situation. But I think I think yeah, sorry. We, we're going to take a break and we'll come back to you Davis in a moment. But I think what 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 Davis is saying is that we no more excuses. We need solutions if I'm not mistaken. Azamia was also allowed to give their report card um which I find so funny. Uh and we're going to take a break because <laughs> we're halfway through the show and we're going to come back and <laughs> and we're going to discuss that because I I mean you 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 definitely weren't going to see an A or a B in that report card, right? No, of course, yeah. You've got a great job, great perks. I being appointed a cabinet secretary of Kenya. And then traffic happens. I will be expecting a written explanation and it should not include matters of traffic. When your top job is on the line, don't wait for your dismissal letter to kick in. Who else are you going to see? Introducing the Saa Rikali wristwatch. Saa Rikali is not just a watch that vibrates. It's a watch that helps state VIPs wake up and live to their full potential. Never be late for a cabinet meeting, a parliamentary hearing, or a tender opening again. 
So Ka'a Masa'a with the Sa'a Rikali wristwatch right now. It's not just a watch for you. It's a watch that's got you. Available in Huduma Centers countrywide. The Sa'a Rikali wristwatch is an entirely imaginary product created by Capital Creative, reminding you that if we can hold people's attention with something this imaginary, imagine what we can do for your brand. To find out more, email services at capitalfm.co.ke. Now is the time to transform your could go into a confident will go with Qatar Airways. Make your travel dreams into a reality and enjoy savings of up to 20% to more than 160 destinations worldwide. Book by 24th September for travel until 31st March 2024 at QatarAirways.com. Terms and conditions apply. Qatar Airways. Going places together. All right, welcome back to Global Digest. Uh, as we get to part two, uh, albeit a little bit late, because we had a little bit of a a political melee in the studio, which we've we've simmered down now. I saw this. You guys send me the um, you guys send me the the, the topics uh, each uh, week, uh, and I saw uh, this is what I read. We're focusing on the recent ratings by Tifa, Infotrack, and Azamio. And I just had to laugh to myself. So Azamio, we're also allowed to grade. I mean, I guess as the, as the official opposition, you're allowed to grade the uh, the, the current government. Mm-hmm. So what was what, what were some of the findings in Azamio's scorecard? I think the overall finding from the opposition outfit is that uh, President William Ruto and his entire regime, uh, they gave them a scorecard of D. <laughs> So, minus. so D minus. What really that means uh, in 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 school language is that the poor, and you need to do better. You need to at least come to average, then do good, then do best. Why not just fail them, or would that have just been a little bit too obvious? I think they were doing that thing uh, Sony was telling us on breakfast. Yeah. Uh, marking on the curve. Going up, yeah. Yeah, like because um, info info track did D D. Um, C. C, sorry, uh, yeah. Um, Tifa gave a 30, and this guy's just. No, Tifa like, is D now. No, your Tifa is D now. The Tifa. Yeah, same, yeah, yeah. same difference. <laughs> <laughs> so, so obviously, obviously, I mean, come on, I mean, we, we knew it wasn't going to be a great scorecard, especially from Azamio. Yeah. But it's good to see that all three kind of are in around the same area, so it doesn't look like Azamio's witch hunting, because technically, if the other two had given a B and Azamio gave a D, we'd be like, oh, of course, you know what I mean? But it's yeah. the same. I, th- I, think, I think the Azamio scorecard is very important because. This is a team that has was 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 on the streets and uh, they were really pushing their supporters to go on the street for the better part of, of I think the last four months, yeah. uh, 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 pressuring the government to address the issues of the cost of living and this is one of the issues that they say the government has failed to address. Yeah. So. The opposition as it stands now, when Raila Odinga spoke while releasing the findings, he said uh, uh, nationwide protest, uh, they will keep that on hold as they ponder on the next course of action. But uh, they have so far collected 10 million signatures, which really cannot be overlooked. There is, I mean, that's, uh, that's a, f- a fifth of the country. Yes. That's a huge amount. That is one thing I think the former prime minister intends to use because when he spoke during the press conference, he exuded some level of confidence that these signatures will really play a big part in, uh, I don't want, f- his word, he described the 
collection of the signatures to to remove president william ruto out of office i don't know how that can be achieved but uh, i yeah, think i was going to ask what's the end game is it is it to impeach the president is that yeah, is yeah. that the goal that, that was the initial goal when they were launching the signature drive so i think that's the main agenda right now okay but it, it, it's a wait and see situation because it seems to be a secret card that we did not expect him to say. And no one really knew about it, yeah, right? Yeah, no, no, no one. We also thought the, the drive had died because we had the bipartisan talks ongoing, so we thought that has been put on hold. The, 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 the issue of Mandamano and putting that on hold, that's always... But if, if you're President, President William Ruto, if you're in the UDA government, that's always got to be on the back of your mind because they proved... Well, multiple times they can shut the country down. They can shut Nairobi down. We've seen it with our own eyes, right? So that's always going to be on the back of your mind that you know if these guys decide tomorrow that they're going to mobilize, that we, we we that's another thing to worry about for the government. I think the issue of demonstrations for now they can be on hold because we have the National Dialogue Committee, which is which was formed, and it's the the bipartisan team which is looking at some of the issues, the pressing issues that both uh, uh, divides have uh, presented on the table. The Azimio is very keen on uh, having the whole issue of addressing the cost of living being addressed and a raft of other issues, the reconstitution of the Independent Electron Boundaries Commission, which is which is also another debate in its entirety. But I think as a nation, what is fundamental is that we need to be very alert and intentional not to go to not not to go to the path of the West African nations where we've seen presidents being removed out of office because of coups because of public anger we saw recently Ali Bongo removed uh, from power <coughs> so really I think as a nation we need to have yes we need to have a constructive debate on how some of these issues can be addressed and the opposition needs to play its role and part in ensuring I mean, are, we, that are, are we are we actually having that discussion as a people are we having that discussion that that that, that hey, maybe uh, Niger and, and countries are like maybe that's not the, the wrong way I mean I'm not trying to incite anything please don't get me wrong but is that actually a discussion people are having it cannot be underestimated in terms of looking at how um, things are going because, of course, being a democracy, uh, a democratic nation, these are some of the things that uh, we might underestimate but they're boiling under given the um, issues that Kenyans are facing at the moment. If at all you have seen um, the status of the demonstrations that Azimiolo Moja has been having in the country, you can tell that the electorate can be swayed on either side depending on how you know the political kingpin is setting the agenda mm. of course one might argue that okay kenya has one of the best constitutions in the world kenya has one of the most stable um you know democracies, dem yeah. democracies looking into the neighboring countries but uh, the issue of us having a coup ca cannot be underestimated if at all um the political kingpins can manage to um, sell an agenda um, to their benefit. I don't want to say that uh, that is something that can be achieved tomorrow, but it depends on how you build the momentum. Because during um, the last general election, when um, Odinga lost, we had the talks about cessation. And it was getting a momentum before we had the handshake. So it means that if um, that particular talk could be allowed to uh, be mainstreamed among the electorate, then we could find ourselves in a situation it might not it might not be successful but something might give in 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 that situation i think i think that the 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 
whole idea of increasing fuel has amplified what I, Irene is saying. And if the trend continues, then I think at some point that's a conversation that really the government even the government needs to address but the government needs to be proactive about it exactly and yeah. it, it can't be lost on our president right that there's a serious issue looming with 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 dissatisfaction of not just those who didn't vote for his government but those that actually voted for his government we know that now um, let's move on um, as we've discussed that uh, literally to the bone. Uh, Kenya's foreign policy uh, under President Ruto is a topic of discussion this this evening. Uh, Laban, I think you can take us away. Uh, why is this such a topic of discussion? Are we making a lot of uh, um, mistakes in the foreign arena or are we? Or, or is there actually posit- positive news coming from there? Well, when he started, when the president started, he started with... Um, with you'd say a, a negative in the sense that there was an, an incident whereby he ended up recognizing a country that is not technically a country that is bordering the uh, Morocco and Morocco wrote a protest note and I remember that, yeah. they, they kind of had to just apologize but not apologize but through it then he has learned how, how not to step on other people's foot, feet but in another in in another recent incident he almost took us to war with uh, sudan when he termed the uh, when he termed whatever is going on there as nonsense and the two parties did, were not very happy and they have actually refused one side has actually refused for igad which is the the regional body on this side to try and mediate and they prefer to speak to Egypt through Egypt and uh, other 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 states but other than that we have seen um president william ruto building on what um president uhuru kenyatta started in terms of lifting the profile of uh, of kenya mm. on the international scene mm. um to the extent that some of his um chief lieutenants are now calling him the chosen one of africa that he has been given the mantle to make Africa's case in regards to uh, sensitive topics such as climate change, um, how do we deal with the restructuring of the financial international financial structure such that Africa now gets its worth. So it's, it's, it's a case of um, having, having um, bitter, it's a bittersweet kind of thing for President William Ruto. The, 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 the propensity to face West uh, where our former president was facing East. Um, is this welcomed uh, by a large part of, of Africa, the population of Kenya, the rest of Africa? Uh, because we do see him warming up very much to, to the US. Uh, we kind of turned our back. I wouldn't say turned our back, but we kind of... Kind of lowered, yeah, lowered yeah, 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 yeah. Is, is, this, is this a positive thing in your opinion, Irene Davis? I think when it comes to foreign policy, this is one of the areas that I think the president is... Uh, seemingly doing well i don't want to say he's outperforming on uh, but but he's, he's doing some things here when it comes to the issue or the whole issue of the foreign poli- policy because when you look at the manifesto on some of the things that he said before i answer your question for it he spoke about uh, diaspora engagement i think we've seen plenty of this with his numerous travels outside the country we've seen uh, the whole issue of the global citizenship he's trying to mm-hmm. uh lift uh, uh make make kenya kenya an open an open an o- a borderless country exactly yeah, like everyone can 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 come in yes by removing the the requirement that the you fee. need visas before yeah. you come in but that's that that's that's very dangerous 
In <laughs> top, <laughs> look, if you no, look no, at, I'm if sorry you look to say this. Look at our neighbors. That is very dangerous. Yeah. yeah, but you have to you have to reach an agreement with a neighbor first. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So if you look at it from that perspective, it means you have to to have your antennas up every single time. Yeah. And but then he's looking at it from a business point of view. Yes. So it'll be select countries, i.e., countries that where, where investment is coming from. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So if yeah. he sees that, for instance, um, like the one, recently one was yeah. it was it was it Rwanda? No, DRC. 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 Yes. DRC. Yeah. DRC. So I think yes, like I was saying, this is one of the areas of the front that is doing better because also in terms of uh, economic and commercial diplomacy here, and then we have positive influence, and then we have uh, yes. So his intention to look to West, I think, is paying off because uh, he's is out is 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 currently in the U.S. where uh, Kenya's um, Kenya's U.S. ambassador Meg Whitman uh, accompanied him and. Uh, during the speeches that they were ma- they, they they continued to make there Whitman was very Whitman was very was very positive about Kenya was was very positive about the leadership of president William Ruto she spoke about Ruto being uh, the leader that Africa has never been has never seen before so really i think also Ruto when it comes to foreign policy is very he knows what he's doing. He 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 knows he has to be conspicuous for him to be seen because even for him to have the ability and the intent to organize the Africa Climate Summit, I think this is one of the areas that he's 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 he's, he's, he's he wants to be seen doing better outside. But now his downfall comes to back in the country. To back in the country, he's not doing what needs to be done. But when you but outside there, the U.S. Even 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 during the Africa Climate Summit, uh, the former the former Kerry, US, uh, Kerry yeah, Secretary. he really had very positive words about President William Ruto. Yeah. He said President William Ruto is one of the leaders that the African continent has never seen before, and this was reiterated by the Ambassador Whitman. So yeah. I think I think Ruto. The only thing I have I have about those statements that <laughs> they made about the the, form, the the president is. It was on the backdrop of the president leading a charge that needed the the, the, um, West. the West the Western countries to to, to invest <laughs> in in a financial uh, structure that would help uh, Africa with the with with addressing climate change. Now, when you're giving rosy words, oh, Davis speaks so nicely. The I love his diction. Palpable. Yes, but you are not telling me I'm giving you a certain amount of money. Yeah. You've kind of just played me there. But it's okay, but, uh, <laughs> and, I, and I think the president will be very cautious. Even as he's doing well in, you know, appearing to be a Pan-African leader, uh, President William Ruto is more of a politician than a diplomat. I think the former president Uhuru Kenyatta was more of a diplomat um, than a politician, and that's why in some of these um, um, African peace missions, he used to be uh, the go-to man in terms mm. of solving um, the wrangles. But uh, President Ruto being uh, quite the bullish type you'll hear now him talking about diplomatic wars as nonsense i think which goes to rub the wrong way to some of these um african states Mm -hmm. but be that as it may we'll give it to him that you know he organized a climate summit that you know can be deemed as successful even as you know we had the negative criticism that um the west took 
um, part of the agenda. That is, it was not really an African talk. It it was something that the West really had uh, a hand in terms of the agenda that took center stage in that particular um, summit. Yeah, one of the other things that you might actually point out um, on President Ruto. Um, pushing an agenda is when he tried to mobilize African states to try and dump the dollar. But yeah, the only yeah, 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 but the only question then became: so if we dump the dollar, what do we use? But I mean, it seems it almost seems futile and silly for him to say dump the dollar when he is very pro USA. Yes, so that's that's exactly it because uh, then. At that moment, the YouTube uh, whatever clips started going round round. Oh, look at the new, look at the new Gaddafi. Look at the new, you know, mm. like they keep giving you those names that basically tell you that this is the new revolutionary leader from Africa. But mm. then, when the questions now start start arising, is where who who is going? What is going to take over from the dollar? How are African states going to going to ad, to embrace this um, this new currency? And is has it even been thought thought through? And that's where everything usually comes comes um, comes a cropper, especially when we, within our neighborhood they usually say Kenya Kenya is good in idea formulation. Yeah, but when it comes to idea execution, that's the problem. Okay. Yeah, we talk a big game. Yeah, because because this whole dollar. When we, we we talk about the dollar now, let's talk about the dollar, shall we? And how the shilling is just getting a hammering from the dollar. Someone said to me today, someone who is, uh, I won't give a name obviously because I don't want to implicate anyone, but someone who is within the financial sector and someone who's quite respected within the financial sector said, it wouldn't be surprised if it went to two hundred. We cannot. We. C- that that cannot be ruled out really i think because also the whole the whole issue of uh, fuel will play a big part in uh, weakening our shilling and strengthen, strengthening the dollar so i think until th- at that point when the government will come up with tangible and realistic solutions and approaches that is when now we can be able to have a meaningful discussion on how maybe the dollar can be can cannot be weakened. Can, the, the Kenyan shilling cannot be weakened against the U.S. dollar. But until then, I think the president needs to be very intentional on some of the approaches he he needs to take when handling some of the government's projects and uh, and how they can be implemented in the long run. I was in a shop uh, recently at uh, where was I? Uh, one of the malls. And I went to buy something for accessory for my phone, and the guy wanted to charge me a dollar value for that product. He was going to convert it to shillings for me, but I was like, "If you're, if that's the case, we can't, we can't have this conversation." So that's how bad it's gotten, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're saying this this item used to be five thousand shillings, but now we're going to charge you fifty dollars, which is now we know is almost eight thousand shillings. So I mean that 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 is yeah. becoming a big problem. Yeah. This currency, this 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 bricks conversation of a BRICS currency to tackle the dollar um, you know you, you're talking about countries like uh, South Africa mm-hmm. Kenya uh, I'm sorry not Kenya South yeah. Africa India Brazil China, all of which Russia, China, yeah, yeah. So the real the real powerhouse currencies in there are India and China Russia's mm-hmm. currency is obviously taken an absolute knock because of the war yeah. in the Ukraine and we know that uh, Brazil and South Africa the RAND is a mess so I mean this is really just a thought it's not really something that can be achieved people are not going to start using that currency as their reserve currency 
but it's it might um i was there was a time we were having a conversation with a group of people and we were wondering what would happen if the nato block pulled the same stunt they have pulled on russia mm. on china mm. and they went like no one and china said okay no one pays us in dollars if you owe us pay, pay us in yuan chances are everyone who owes china mm. would end up paying in yuan and yuan would probably have would have would probably rise as a competitor to, to rival to, the dollar exactly to rival the dollar yeah because if you look at how china is doing business <laughs> actually someone said the us owes china some money so you'd end up being having to just have a, a conversation behind the room but is it is it a threat of a new a new uh, world order uh, through the BRICS, I think yes. Okay, so 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 the conversation is it's not it's not it's not a silly conversation. This this is something that could actually happen. Yeah, I, I, I think the the other the the other the other tangible way the 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 the, the issue of the dollar and the shilling can be handled is by the national treasury coming up with the policies, good policies, and that will entail lowering the interest rate and making uh, the Kenyan shilling. Uh, uh, enabling that environment where we have to where there's more circulation of money in the market i think that in the long run will play a very big big part laban uh, in not unless you guide me on this one <laughs> okay. but i think i think with the policies with the monetary policies yeah. i think the issue of the dollar has getting to have more money in circulation in kenya and the government being uh, intentional on lowering the interest rate which Unfortunately, here in Kenya, for the banks, uh, the last time I checked, was it fourteen laban? The interest rates are high. Fourteen percent. Yeah, and, and yeah, fourteen uh, percent. So, um, Irene, do you want to add on to that? Or uh, I wanted to say also um, the concern that rich Kenyans are holding um, the, yeah, the dollar yeah. is to show that even the government is not creating attractive um, uh, policies in terms of ensuring that um, this dollar, this um, dollar, is released into the market. The CBK governor um, Kamaudhuge had proposed that we put in place bonds that are in um, the dollar currency, but I don't know why that has not been streamlined. I think maybe they thought it was a bad idea, but the way things stands, given that even the proposal that they're putting in place, the government-to-government oil importation deal that flopped, is to show that they have no clear policies in terms of alleviating the the crisis that is there in the country, and also um, the fact that. Um, they do not quite understand, uh, given that um, the trade governor secretary, Moses Courier, said that their hands are tied on this particular issue. They, they don't know how to, 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 do, to deal with it. Right. OK, we're going to take final thoughts. I'll start with you, Davis. We've got about three minutes. So just give us a quick wrap up of final thoughts on today's discussion. I think uh, the Kenya Kwanzaa regime needs to be very needs to be very real now. They need to be real with the Kenyan people on how they are going to address some of these issues like the cost of living and addressing the skyrocketing fall prices. So once the president comes back into the country, I think he needs to be very intentional on his messaging. He needs to put his cabinet secretaries in check. He needs to he needs to read he needs to read a riot act on them and tell them that really I appointed you solely to do your job and to inspire hope to Kenyans in your respective dockets. We need to see the Moses Kurias of this world come out and tell us that, by the way, the 
trading in this country we are at this level but we are trying our level best to ensure that we get to this point we need to see the zakaria and jerus of this world tell us that by the way as much as yes we are taking your housing 1.5 housing levy these are some of the houses that we have constructed these are the number of kenyans we've uh, employed so far even as you continue to lament about the uh, the spiraling cost of living we are creating jobs for the economy we need to see susan akomincha tell us by the way this 2.75 tax that we are going to tax you for mm. the national social insurance health fund is going to benefit you and this number of people so the president once he gets back he needs to have that on his entry he needs to be very intentional on how messaging in his government is going to be done right. going forward okay Irene? Uh, i think mine will be quite short just to tell kenyans that sorry that they are on their own um, in this whole um fuel increase debate they 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 risk being hopeful but they they might be disappointed if at all the 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 trajectory that the government is taking even the deputy president um rhetorics on this particular issue is if it's anything to go by also i think um the second year of president william ruto should be about um um reading the the riot act and of course doing some changes in the cabinet because he has also admitted that some of of his cabinet secretaries are clueless they don't know what they're doing so i think it's time to do a change mm. and be quite um a prompt in terms of uh, policies that will change the situation okay and finally 30 seconds laban your wrap up <laughs> um i i really don't think i have anything more to add uh, we just expect action and the action should be swift no more beautiful language no more uh, pr just do your job that's what you're elected to do do okay. your job all right thanks very much that wraps it your up for global thoughts for it. my final thoughts are <laughs> this has been so much fun being back uh we started off with two of us now we're four of us and uh, i look forward to many more global digests where i can mediate the arguments that occur within the studio but thank you very much i also have to agree with uh irene on the fact that i think there needs to be a cabinet reshuffle if i'm going to give my two cents uh because there are a number of uh non-performing uh cs's PSs and I don't know what's the other one in the cabinet and and, and, and uh, members of parliament yeah absolutely all right thanks very much guys let's uh, have the news now from Davis uh, and then followed by Wanjira who will join you on the hype right after this